Hey guys and welcome back to the channel Labour Cup 2023 preview time. We're going to get into it. We're going to talk a little bit about the teams as well. So Europe and Team World have been confirmed. Before we get into it though, remember to hit that like button. Do subscribe if you're new and do leave a rating review if you're listening on a podcast platform. Okay, let's talk about it because the Team Europe is really, really weak in comparison to last year anyway. Last year, we had Djokovic, we had Nadal, we had Andy Murray, we had Roger Federer, we had Sitsipas and Kasparu. That was the lineup. This year, we don't have any of the big three or big four, if you want to coin it as that. And ironically, last year, even though they had on paper a very strong lineup, Team World actually won their first ever Labour Cup. And it was supposed to be Roger Federer's farewell, which it was, but it wouldn't have gone exactly the way he would have liked. But it's an exhibition tournament at the end of the day. So it's a team tournament, which is seen as more of a fun event uh, with some really good tennis on show as well. And it was in part uh, one of the brainchilds or a brainchild of Roger Federer. He's had a big impact on the Labour Cup as well and its inception. Interestingly, what we'll do is we'll very quickly I'll give you a very, very brief outline of how it works because I'm not going to go into it in massive detail I did last year. Uh, but if you do want to look at the real detailed rules, you can do so on their website. And then we'll go through the teams and I'll I'll give you guys my prediction who I think is probably going to win. I think it's, it could arguably be one of the most competitive years just because both teams aren't super strong in honesty. So, in terms of the rules, so it's starting tomorrow, which is Friday, 22nd of September, and it runs through to Sunday. So, it's three days of tournament, and it's a mixture of singles and doubles. Now, every single player needs to play at least one singles match, and four other six players need to be involved in at least one doubles match. You can't have the same pairing twice as well. In terms of the point scoring system so day one matches are worth one point day two matches are worth two points and yes you guessed it day three matches are worth three points so you might keep for example some of your quote-unquote better players for singles in your back pocket for say day three but by that point a lot of years it's actually been won by that point so you might end up going day two instead because you know you want to make sure that you get those points in uh, beforehand so there's a little bit of tactics involved in terms of you know how do you play it out and, and everything, but <clears throat> excuse me. But all in all, as I said, it's just more of a competitive fun event. Uh, it's an exhibition, so there's no points, no ATP points on the line. Uh, there's there's nothing really to be gained in terms of rankings. Uh, the two captains are John McEnroe for the rest of the world and also Bjorn Borg for Team Europe, and. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I mean, the first three players are automatically picked due to ranking, and that's picked at, after Wimbledon 2023. It would have been this year. And then prior to the US Open, uh, the rest of the team are picked, and it's, it's the captain's picks, really. So it's whoever they want to pick. Now, we were talking about the points, and it's first to 13 points. So whoever gets 13 points first wins, and that's out of a possible 24 points. So shall we have a look at the teams then? Because I think that might be quite good to have a look at. So you can see here Team Europe. And yeah, if we compare this to last year's, it's definitely a lot weaker. They've got Andre Rublev, who has been in good form this year, though. So you know, he's been in pretty solid form. Kasper Ruud, who made the Roland Garros final, but since then hasn't really done anything in honesty, although he did 
make the ATP Tour Finals last year. Uh, this is an indoor tournament last year in London, which I went to and I watched Djokovic TFO. Do check out, excuse me, my video on Djokovic and his playstyle, what makes him so good, because the match footage from that is match footage that I took myself, and it's very short clips of his Labour Cup win over TFO. Very slow courts, but he made it look effortless. And Kasparud, yeah, I mean, look, if the... In my opinion, anyway, if the courts are slower in Vancouver, which we don't really know how they're going to play because it's a new new location, a new tournament base, then, you know, Kasparud might might enjoy it, to be honest. But if it's a bit quicker, then he probably won't. And someone like a Hubert Hercatch, who is in the team, he will probably prefer it. But Kasparud generally hasn't been in great form. Hubert Hercatch, though, has been in pretty solid form all year. He's on a bad pick. I'd like to see him play as well. I, I do like his game. And it's exciting to watch. The seven volley and net play is something that clearly is coming back a bit more into the game. And yeah, I'm excited to see him in action. Dan Rakina is someone who came in. Uh, so two players pulled out of injury, Holger Runa and Stefano Sitsipas. So two big, to be honest, they were in there. Would still look weaker, but it wouldn't look that much weaker. Holger Rune has been really good for the past 18 months, uh, two years, but a shame, or a year even, a shame that he had to pull up due to injury, but he was replaced by Devin Fakina, who is, look, he's a fighter, he's a grinder, he's going to fight till the end. He will give some level of entertainment. Arthur Fields, who's a very talented young player, I mean, this is a really good opportunity for him to learn off some of the best and try and play against some of the best as well and also get some tips maybe of someone like Bjorn Borg because he's very young, he's very raw and then we'll see what the Frenchman can do. And then if we look at the opposite side of the spectrum, uh, another Frenchman but coming towards the end of his career but a showman nonetheless, Germain Fies, who has had a bit of an Indian summer this year in honesty. He's played some really good tennis and I'm looking forward to seeing him in action. I don't have a problem with him playing. I just think there's some matches with him where he's not going to be the favourite, and I think you know, he could struggle potentially in them. Then if we go to Team World, uh, so you can see here um, a pretty strong Team World, I guess. But one thing that I will say, and I, I said it on Twitter, or X now as it's called, that I couldn't believe that they didn't pick Nicholas Jarry. I just think Jarry's been so good all year. He's got such a big game for all surfaces. He's been a real standout this year. And I... I do think, and look, take this with a pinch of salt, but John McEnroe does watch a lot of tennis, I'm sure, but he has made it pretty evident in some of his commentary and comments that he doesn't watch a lot of tennis. He does watch, well, he doesn't watch as much tennis as some of the hardcore tennis fans or tennis pundits. He's one of the greatest to hold a racket, John McEnroe. He's up there, right? So, his knowledge is incredible, but I think when it comes to players and knowledge on which players are performing well, which players are doing well in tournaments, I don't really think he's got that knowledge and it's been pretty evident. And it's probably evident by his picks as well, because there's only one player who's non-US or Canadian in the lineup. So you've got Taylor Fritz and Francis TFO. I think both of those are warranted. They've played really, really well this year. Felix Auger-Aliassime, who, yeah, has gone through because of his ranking, but... He's very lucky, I think, to even make it into it. Um, 
look at the end of the day he accepted playing in the tournament so they have to pick him because it's based as i said the three highest ranked players from the rest of the world will come through unless they make themselves unavailable and felix didn't uh, but look it's gonna be interesting to see how he gets on because he's been in horrific form all year maybe this could be a chance for him to really pick up some steam potentially it's an exhibition tournament but it's still going to be some high level tennis and some high level opponents so maybe he can find some sort of run of form uh tommy Ward, who's been pretty solid all year as well uh good to see him in the lineup and uh, interested to see what he can do Francis Sarundolo, who's been, again, pretty solid. He's a younger player coming through the Argentine. And Ben Shelton, who I'm, I'm excited to see play because he's got a big game. And I think Lucas Shelton against, say, like a Monfils is a really good one. Rublev against someone like even TFO, Shelton. You know, these guys had catch against, say, a Tommy Paul. It's all really good matchups I'd like to see. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And I think... Team Wild do have a slightly, I don't know if they've got a stronger team actually, because Hakach and Rublev, and it really depends on what Rude turns up, to be honest with you. I would say that the optional picks for Team Wild are stronger. The automatic picks, though, for Europe and the rest of the world are pretty even, actually, because Felix really drags down that. The, the first three, just because of current form. Uh, but then Kasparud hasn't been in great form either. So, yeah. And also, you have to think about doubles. So, who's going to be really good in doubles? Her catch is going to be really good in doubles. Uh, Fritz is pretty good in doubles, I've seen. Uh, Shelter is going to be really good. Felix should be pretty good if he plays. TFO is pretty solid in doubles as well. I mean, look, that's not too bad. Team World, I think they've got what well, her catch is going to be pretty good. Apart from that, though, there's not really... Darish Fakina, not really. Arthur Field, I don't think so. Monfils, potentially. Kasper, I don't think, will be great in doubles if you were to play. And then you've got Rublev, who, again, I don't think he's going to be great in doubles. So they might struggle in the doubles element of the tournament. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, in terms of my picks, I think the safe money really is on Team World to actually retain the title and they won it for the first time last year and it would be they'd be going back to back and creating some momentum to be honest but do i go for team europe no i'm gonna go for team world i'm gonna go for team world i just think they're gonna be hungry for it as well and team europe had some late dropouts i just think it's gonna be a case of they're gonna be a little bit too strong and i think the doubles as well they'll they'll dominate so that's my pick and all my picks. Let me know your thoughts in the comments below. Are you looking forward to the Labour Cup? Of course, the lineup is on the strongest prior years. Who do you think is going to win out of Team Europe and Team World? And any other comments that you might have on the tournament, let me know below. Interested to hear your thoughts. Thank you very much, guys. Stay safe and well. We'll see you on the next video. And actually, we will probably be trying to do some coverage of it as well, potentially. So keep an eye out for that. Thank you, guys. See you later.